0: Wow. Welcome, everyone. Hey, welcome to all of you at all of our churches, Bluntstown, Chiplin, and Mariana. And if today's your first time attending one of our church or maybe the first time in a while, we are so honored to have all of you with us to celebrate Easter. Thank you so much for being here, because as you just watched in that video at all of our churches, today is what we believe is a celebration of the most important event in history. I mean, some of you, you might kind of even push back a little bit of, like, the resurrection being the center of everything, as you just saw in that video. You might be sitting there thinking, well, that would be Christmas. But Christmas, because Christmas was about Jesus being born, and and while his conception was a miracle, his birth was natural, And all of you have experienced birth, but the event that we celebrate today is supernatural and is the foundation of everything that we believe as followers of Jesus. So we believe this is like the most important day for you to celebrate of all the holidays, of all of history. And and here's the thing, if you don't consider yourself a, a Jesus follower or a church person, I know it may seem a little ridiculous to you that rational human beings would believe that a man came back to life on his own after three days in a grave. And if you find this whole resurrection thing completely unexplainable, I can go and tell you that's understandable. Like who in their right mind believes that dead men walk out of their graves? I mean, how does that happen? So if you're with us today and you're full of doubt, you need to know you are in good company because Peter and Andrew and James and John and all the other disciples, all the other followers of Jesus, they had a hard time believing it too at first. In fact, all of Jesus' followers did. And you go, well, how does that relate to us today? Well, those of us who believe and follow Jesus, we, we believe that something unexplainable but also something undeniable happened. What we celebrate at Easter, don't miss what I'm saying here, what we celebrate at Easter is the foundation and the central focus of our faith. It is the center and the foundation of our faith, which means that Christianity isn't founded on some kind of belief system or some kind of perfect kind of moral code out there, or some of these kind of like a moral teaching. No, what we believe is this, is that Christianity is founded on an event. And what is that event? Jesus' resurrection from the dead. It was witnessed by people, and it was recorded in history. See, we believe that Jesus really did die, that he was buried, and that he rose from the dead. It wasn't just a spirit. It wasn't just an illusion. We believe this because there were eyewitness accounts from men and women who saw Jesus alive. To be specific, over 500 people saw him alive after he died and rose again. And some of them, they wrote accounts about it. And those accounts were written for us. In fact, Matthew and Peter and John, they saw him physically die. They wrote about it. Not only that, that, but they died saying they saw him rise again. In fact, Mark and Luke, they investigated the claims as eyewitnesses, and they came to the same conclusion that a dead man rose from the grave. And then there was James. Now, who's James? James was the half-brother of Jesus. And James didn't believe before the crucifixion and the resurrection. Because, I mean, after all, what would your brother have to do to convince you that he was the son of God? I mean, I mean, the answer to that seems to be rise from the dead, right? So if your brother ever says that to you, well, listen, I am the son of God, you tell him, listen, you're going to die and rise again before I believe it. Because here's the thing. After the resurrection, James became a believer as well. And here's the interesting thing. James was killed because he wouldn't stop telling everyone that his half-brother Jesus rose from the dead. Now, here's why this is so important for us to talk about at Easter. It is kind of natural for us to love Jesus as our forgiver Jesus, Or I care about you enough to fix your problems Jesus. Even to be a fan of his more popular teachings, like the teachings of the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you, or treat everyone as Jesus treated you. I mean, after all, his teachings, they really do. They show us the highest moral value of loving everybody. So it's natural to want all the good things of Jesus' teaching. It's natural to want all of those nice things about Jesus. But here's the point I don't want you to miss this morning. A resurrected Jesus, it changes everything. And that's why a resurrected Jesus is a step too far for some people. And so in church culture and even in our world, there's this tendency to want the loving teacher, Jesus. A, a supportive, understanding Jesus. A-, a rabbi that we can listen to when we want, but not a resurrected Savior, Lord and King now here's why this is a problem because deep down inside we know that if Jesus did not physically rise from the dead then his teacher teachings are no longer good advice in other words we can't have it both ways we can't accept what Jesus said and at the same time reject the fact that he rose from the dead. See, the resurrection is the key to understanding that everything that Jesus said, everything that Jesus did, it's the key to understanding why the disciples wrote what they wrote, why they suffered what they suffered to follow, follow and testify of Jesus. In their minds, the resurrection, it changed everything. Now, if you're here for the first time and all of a sudden, you go, man, this is a pretty forthright Easter sermon, right? And, and you go, this is a little bit jarring and extreme. Well, you're not alone, maybe, in even your thinking. In fact, there were many people in the first century Christian churches 2,000 years ago who, who thought like that as well. A lot, like, I like the teachings of Jesus, but the resurrected Jesus, I'm just not going to go there. So about 20 years after the resurrection, which is not a very long time span, the Apostle Paul, he writes a letter to these Jesus fans in Corinth to explain, you can't separate the teachings of Jesus from the resurrection of Jesus. You cannot separate the two. In fact, here's what he says. If you want to follow along in your Bibles, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 today. Here's what the Apostle Paul writes, beginning in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 14. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless. In other words, everything the Apostle Paul had taught, written, or preached, he says, if Christ didn't raise from the dead, it's useless. See, the Apostle Paul is saying, the truthfulness of our teaching and its credibility, it depends on the resurrection Did it really happen? But not only does he say that, not only does he say our preaching is useless, he goes on and he says, and so is your faith. So the Apostle Paul is saying, if Jesus didn't physically rise from the dead, he says, not only is our preaching useless, but your faith is useless as well. He says, if there's no resurrection, then Christian faith, it has no foundation. It absolutely lacked meanings lacks meaning, and that can just seem so extreme. But the reason why the Apostle Paul is so extreme about the resurrection is that the resurrection isn't this peripheral thing that we just celebrate once a year. No, he's saying all of the teaching of Scripture are built upon the foundation of the resurrection the reason we have faith in scripture is because of the resurrection our faith is built on the foundation of the resurrection so the resurrection is not peripheral it is essential in fact notice verse 15 he continues he says more than that we are then found to be false witnesses about God. Literally, he's saying the truthfulness of our preaching and the credibility of their writing depended on the reality of the resurrection. I mean, everything that the apostles said and wrote about God and Jesus and godliness, he's saying it's a lie if Jesus did not rise again. In fact, he continues, he says, For we, Who's referring to here? Meaning Matthew and Mark and Luke and John and Peter and James, the half-brother Jesus, the whole group who had taught Jesus rose from the dead. He says, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. Now, to help us understand the importance of the resurrection as the foundation of Of our faith. Literally, what the Apostle Paul is saying if you don't think Jesus physically, literally rose from the dead, he said, then what you should do is you should get your Bible and you should go to the New Testament and you should find the beginning of the New Testament and you find Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And here's what you do. You just tear it right out your Bible. Just tear it all out. And then he goes on, oh, by the way, when you get done with the Gospels, here's what you do. You take everything that I wrote you, the Apostle Paul says, and you tear that out too. Tear it all out. Oh, by the way, take everything Peter said out and everything John wrote in 1st, 2nd, 3rd John and Revelation and tear all of that out. Just tear it all out. Just throw the whole thing away. Because if there's no resurrection, then it's all just a lie. Listen, if there's no resurrection, you just find everything those guys wrote, tear it out. That's how important the resurrection is to the gospel and the epistles that the apostles wrote. Now, for those of you that are absolutely freaking out about tearing a Bible up, That was an old journal of mine with some blank pages. You should have seen the look on some people's faces like, oh my gosh, lightning's fixing to happen. Listen, I just want you to feel the tension. See, too many Christians believe the Bible is the foundation of our faith. The resurrection is the foundation of our faith. See, the tension of the importance of the resurrection being the foundation of our faith is something we have to own at the core of our being. We believe the Bible because Jesus rose from the dead. And because this is such a big deal, the apostle Paul continues in verse 17. He, he says these words next. Well, um, let's go ahead and go to verse 17. As he gives us another reason, he says, and if Christ had not been raised, your faith is futile, and get this last line, and you are still in your sin. So he says, not not only is your faith still useless, but I don't want you to miss this last phrase here. He says, you are still in your sin. I mean, none of us want to hear that, right? Right? I mean, after all, don't we all believe that God is loving and gracious and full of mercy and compassionate and forgiving? Where did we get that idea from? From those first century writers who wrote that Jesus rose from the dead. So if what they wrote about the resurrection is not true, then God being a loving, merciful, compassionate, gracious, and forgiving God, well, you can't believe that either. Listen, without the resurrection, the cross does not reconcile us to God. Without the resurrection, he says, there is no forgiveness for your sin. Without the resurrection, there would be no hope for salvation or eternal life. If Christ had not been raised, then his death on the cross would just have been another human death with no power to save anyone from sin and death. Listen, the resurrection is proof that everything that God promised about salvation and forgiveness and deliverance and sanctification and wholeness, it has been accomplished through the shed blood of Jesus on the cross only through the resurrection is that now made available to all of us. And if you think that the apostle Paul has done enough to make his point and you're afraid that we're really gonna tear up a real Bible up here, just he doesn't think he's done enough. We're not. So he presses this even more. I want you to notice what he says in verse 18. He says, then those who also have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. I mean, again, the Apostle Paul is emphasizing, hey, if there's no resurrection, then those who've fallen asleep, meaning those who died as as believers in Christ, he says, they've perished. If there's no resurrection, when you were at that funeral and someone said, We'll see them again. If there's no resurrection, that means we'll never see them again. So all of these verses are the Apostle Paul's way of emphasizing, if you abandon the resurrection, if you say there is no resurrection, he's saying then you have no hope. Because your entire concept of salvation, of heaven and the future is based on the resurrection. The foundation of scripture is the resurrection. And now that the Apostle Paul really has our attention, I want you to look at the next verse. Here's what he says. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. This is such an amazing statement. It's something that most of us seldom ever think about. The Apostle Paul says, if the only thing you get out of life or out of following Jesus is what you get in this life, he says, you are of all groups of people in this world, you should be the most pitied. Meaning, all of the times that you said no to temptation, when it would have been so much fun in the moment, all the times you said no, he says, look out what you missed out For nothing if there's no resurrection. I mean, if there's no resurrection, you should have sought out something or someone that could have brought you happiness in the moment a long time ago. I mean, for those of you who gave up vacation time, arranged your vacation so that you could serve other people. For those of you who sacrificed personally so that you can do things to... Bless people who are less fortunate than you. What he's saying is, you should have just indulged yourself if there's no resurrection. You should be playing golf, fishing, shopping, like be mowing your yard or something. You are wasting your life sacrificing for others if there is no resurrected Savior. I mean, that just seems so extreme, doesn't it? But that's exactly what the Apostle Paul is saying. He's saying, if there is no resurrection, We are to be most pitied for messing around with the whole Jesus thing. In fact, look at how he drives this point home in verse 32. He said, If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. I mean, again, that's just so confrontational. But the Apostle Paul wants us to fully understand that the resurrection is the foundation of our faith. He's saying, listen, if there's no resurrection, we might as well just live our lives in pleasure because then there is no hope for eternal life. If there's no resurrection, then life really is just meaningless. There's no reason to live beyond temporary pleasure. If there's no resurrection, then we should just simply enjoy our time on this earth as much as possible because death is the end of everything if there's no resurrection. But in the middle of making us deal with the importance of the resurrection as the foundation of our faith at a level that most of us have never dealt with or processed before, I want you to notice what he says in verse 20. You ready? Here's what he says. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. And folks, this is the good news of Easter. And you absolutely can celebrate that because some of you want to do that, right? That is the good news of Easter. The Apostle Paul is saying, listen, you can bet your life now and you can bet your, tr- your future on the truth of the resurrection. The reason that you can believe, the reason that you can have hope is that our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, he literally rose from the grave. He didn't just leave his teachings after him. His ghost didn't just show up to be seen by a few people. No, his, he rose, his body came out of the tomb victorious over sin, death, and Satan. And that's why so many of us are followers of Jesus. Like, we don't follow Jesus because of what he taught. We don't follow Jesus because we think he has like the best belief system of any religious leader out there. We follow Jesus because the evidence is overwhelming that he died on a Roman cross, that he was buried in a barred tomb for three days, and then he rose from the dead, and he was seen by over 500 witnesses, including John and James and Peter and Andrew and Matthew and many others. In fact, the Apostle Paul said to those in Corinth, if you continue reading on, he says, if you're still questioning me, He says, get yourself to Jerusalem because there are still people alive that can give testimony that Jesus indeed rose from the dead. So we follow Jesus because these men, they wrote their account of his resurrection while eyewitnesses, they were still alive and could have refuted that account of Jesus and said, oh, that's just a fable. That's just made up and said they were wrong. But Jesus rose from the dead and that makes all the difference for all of our lives. And if you're with us today and, and you're saying, i still not sure I believe that, I can understand. The resurrection can really be hard to believe. In fact, it may surprise you, but it was one of the greatest hurdles that I had to clear before I could allow myself to be a pastor. Because I really, really struggled with that idea at one point in my life. Believing that someone could walk out of the grave, I mean, that was hard to believe. So if you're here today and you're considering following Jesus and you're trying to figure out this whole Jesus thing and what it means, let me give you clarity on what to consider because a lot of church people, a lot of churches, a lot of Christian people have confused what you need to be clear on. See, the issue that you need to get clear on isn't the fact that you work for a Christian Or you know a Christian and they treated you badly so you're not sure if you want to be a Christian. The the issue isn't what happened to dinosaurs. The issue isn't how old the earth is. The issue isn't is there any mistakes in the Bible. The issue isn't did Adam and Eve really live. The issue is not how a church treated you or someone you knew when they were younger. All of those are valid questions and they're all emotions that You you should deal with it sometime, and we have people who would love to help you process through those things. But none of those things are the issue that you need to get clarity on when it comes to faith in Jesus Christ. There is just one thing you need to wrestle with. Let me say that one more time. There is just one thing you need to wrestle with and get clarity on as you consider this decision to begin a relationship with Jesus, and it is this. Did Jesus rise from The dead. Did he rise from the dead? Because if he didn't, if he didn't, don't waste your time on Christianity. But if he did, and we believe he did, it changes everything for you. So that is the question if you're not a follower of Jesus. Did Jesus rise from the dead? Now, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, I would encourage you to go home today or sometime this week, and read all of chapter 15, this whole chapter that we've looked at. Because in this chapter, the apostle Paul, he gives powerful testimony to the greatness of our risen Savior. He declares with conviction that if Jesus rose from the dead, then he's not only our risen Savior, but he is the King of kings, and he is the Lord of lords. And that truth alone means it demands our unwavering allegiance and obedience to him. That truth alone means that following Jesus is not a peripheral thing that you just do on Sunday mornings when you show up or whenever you show up at church. It means that following Jesus is the number one priority of my life. It is the thing that I pursue with all my heart, with all my soul, with my mind. It means I surrender everything and everyone to him, and that is my life. And that's why the Apostle Paul closes chapter 15 out by urging all of us who claim to say that Jesus rose from the dead to give ourselves, he says, give yourselves entirely to the work of the Lord. So if you're a follower of Jesus today, one of the evidences that you believe the resurrection happened is that you give yourself entirely to the work of the Lord. He challenges us to ask ourselves, why is it worth sacrificing our pleasure and comfort to minister to other people? Why is it worth all the hardship and difficulty we go through to give our life away to serve others? Like, why would we give the utmost effort and focus to do the work of serving and ministering to others? And here's why. Because if we truly believe that Jesus rose from the dead, then our labor, here's how he says it, our labor and our sacrifice, it is not in vain. If Jesus rose from the dead, then there's nothing that we sacrifice that's too great for his kingdom. Giving our lives away for the sake of the gospel, it is our calling. It is worthy of all of our being. Now, If you're with us today at one of our churches, and maybe for the first time in your life, you understand why the death and the resurrection of Jesus are so significant, but why it's also so personal. Here's the good news because of the cross of Christ, you don't have to carry guilt and shame with you in life. It's been forgiven. You don't have to be frustrated that you can't fix yourself. Most of all, you don't have to wonder. For another moment, if God loves and cares about you, you can be in a right relationship with him right now. See, the message of Easter is you can be forgiven, you can be free, all because of God's amazing love. Now, just because it's free to you, doesn't mean it's free. It came with a price. It caused Jesus his life. He bled and died to open the door wide open for all of us to enter. So in just a moment, I'm going to pray for all of you, but especially for those of you who've never given your life and surrendered to Jesus and experienced his forgiveness. I mean, if today the light has gone on and for whatever reason it clicked with you, oh, Jesus loves me. He really loves me. That's why he died and rose again. And I believe he's alive. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's my Savior I'm gonna surrender my life to him. If that's you, I wanna encourage you to take this big step and put your faith in Jesus. Now is your moment to declare, I believe that Jesus is capable of forgiving my sin because he rose from the dead. Now is your opportunity to experience a personal relationship with him as his child. And here's the thing, relationship with Jesus just simply means that you can talk with him, you can hang out with him, just like a child would with a parent anytime. It means there's more to this life than just this life. It means that God created you for a purpose. That means that God hears your prayers. It means that you can be forgiven. It means that you can have a clear conscience. It means that the Holy Spirit of God is living in you. The same power that raised Christ from the dead, it will live within you, and it will change you and transform you. Now, I want to offer you that opportunity today. And to do that, I want to lead you in a prayer so that you can express your faith in God and cross over that line of faith and become part of God's family. So if you've never prayed that prayer or never asked Jesus to come into your heart and be your Lord and Savior, I'm going to lead you in a prayer and do that in just a moment. But if you're with us today and you call yourself a follower of Jesus and and you say, I believe in the resurrection, this is the only question I ask you. Is the commitment and the sacrifice of your life to follow Jesus the number one thing in your life? Because if you really believe in the resurrection, the apostle Paul says, you'll give your life for the work of the kingdom. It'll be your number one priority. So I'm going to lead us in a prayer now. For those of you that are receiving Jesus, your Lord and Savior, there, there's nothing special about the words of this prayer. I just want to help you be able to express to God your desire to experience his grace, forgiveness personally here today. And then after we pray, the band on each campus are going to come back and they're going to celebrate what Jesus did for us through the cross. So will you pray, bow your heads all of our churches? Pray with me. Father, I thank you for this incredible opportunity today for men and women and students to step across the line into your family. God, I thank you for the opportunity for people who are sitting and and hearing this morning who say that they believe that you died and you rose again, and they call themselves followers of Jesus. May this be a moment in time when they also understand, if I believe that Jesus rose from the dead, It demands my life. The resurrection is not peripheral, it's essential. So, God, may there be men and women and students who call themselves followers who use it today. They just say, Jesus, I am so sorry for taking for granted what you did for me. And I want you to be number one in my life. If you've never asked Jesus to be Lord and Savior your life, will you just pray this part of the prayer? Just say, Jesus, today I come to you. I admit that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe that you died and that you rose again. I believe that your blood washes away all of my sin. I ask you to come and forgive me. I ask you to be my Lord. I ask you to be my King. I ask you to be my Savior, I'm going to be following you today. I'm I'm beginning that journey with you today. And best I know how, I'm just going to begin the process. I'm just going to keep coming back, and I'm going to learn how to take steps of what it means to be in a growing relationship with you. Thank you. Thank you that all of my sin. It's all been forgiven. Thank you that I don't have to live under guilt and shame. I can have a brand new life, all because of what Jesus Christ did for me on the cross. Thank you, God, for your amazing grace. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the blood. But most of all, we thank you for your resurrection power that indwells us. And thank you for your word that you left us to guide us to know how much you love us and how to live. God, I thank you for what you're going to do in our hearts and lives as we make you number one, as we give our lives in complete sacrifice, loving others as you loved us. In Jesus' name, I give you thanks. Amen.